Welcome to the Have a Drink with Some Geeks podcast. Let's join our geeky hosts on this week's episode. And welcome to another episode of Have a Drink with Some Geeks podcast. The podcast is where the geeks drinks for you. Yes. Okay, well, <laughs> you can drink with us if you're of age, but it's the podcast where we like to have a beverage or two and talk about our geek topic of the week. I'm your host, Matt. I'm Adam. And before we jump into this week's discussion, let's start off by telling our, our listeners where to find us, Adam. They can find us on all of our social media channels at Geek Drink Pod. Um, that includes Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Discord. Um, we post weekly updates on our topics. We start discussions on our geek culture events, geek topic of the week. Um, so give us a check out in those places. Leave us a comment, review, tell us what you think, and um, especially this week. Yeah, this is going to be interesting. Yeah, we're going to have an interesting march. But before we jump into that, Adam, we're going to talk about our drink of the week. Time to grab your beverage and join along as the geeks discuss the drink of the week. So this week we are drinking a snow cap cider honey crisp. Mm-hmm. So it is uh, made by Cedar Ridge, Colorado, oh, um, and it is a yeah. So it's a honey crisp single varietal uh, Colorado cider. Yeah, made with hundred uh, percent Colorado grown honey crisp apples. And it is a six point nine percent cider. Oh, lovely. Yeah. I will not complain about that. <laughs> All right. Well, well, cheers. Cheers, brother. Ooh, that's good. I like it. Oh, yeah. That's better than some of the other ciders we've had in the past where it's kind of like whiny or... Yeah. This one's definitely... You get more like that apple taste. Yeah, and it's not that apple like sweet like, like uh, Woodchuck is or... yeah. Or it's like, wow, that's a lot of uh, that's a lot of sugar you're tasting at that yeah. point. It's definitely uh, just tastes like apple juice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Well, now that we've had our um, our adult beverage, it's time to uh, talk about what we're doing this week. So it's time for our topic of the week. What are the geeks going to talk about this week? All right, and so this week, you know, last month we had, you know, the Edgar Wright February. Mm-hmm. Um, so this month, in in honor of everyone who is college basketball fans, which I am not. Nor am and, I. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I, I just can't do it. Um, but this is that time of year where everyone does their uh, brackets and their, yeah, and their March Madness, even though the game's kind of ended in February. <laughs> yeah. So we're we're doing our own March Madness. Yeah, Geek Madness. Geek Madness. Yeah. In March. <laughs> in March. So how this is gonna work, guys, is we are gonna each week come to you guys with a different bracket. Yes. Um we're gonna do movies, TV shows, actors and actresses, and video games. Mm-hmm. Um we're gonna discuss our top eight for each of us. We're gonna have our own side of the bracket and we're gonna meet up in a championship where we let you the listeners vote on our social media platforms who's going to be the winner. Yes. And so I'll post the bracket. Um, you'll probably see the bracket before the episode because once you guys know what we're talking about, as soon as the episode comes out, you'll be able to start voting and you'll have the entire month to vote. 
So we won't reveal until the end of uh, until April. Yep. Who the winner is of each bracket. So, with that being said, Adam, we're gonna dive right in. The first one we did was movies. Yes. So can you kind of tell me about you know give us the rundown of your movies. Um, so and, me, and why you picked the way you picked. Yeah. So for me, like I wanted to pick movies that have meant a lot to me, like whether growing up, um, whether they be recent, but I also didn't want to kind of rehash old material that like we've already talked about on the show um so you're gonna see a few things on here that are a bit like different um but generally they're kind of movies i find that i can watch over and over again um and consistently enjoy them (laughs) yeah okay what um, about you? Yeah, so my movies are kind of it's kind of the same way. They're not always going to be critically acclaimed or box office hit movies, yeah. or or in some cases star power movies. They're just movies that I personally really enjoy watching from over and over again. I can see them multiple times, um, and they are movies that I kind of curated to the geek and all of us list. Kind of some mm-hmm. some modern stuff, some not so modern stuff, some stuff that's really hard to find. Um, one of these is a box office flop that I think is phenomenal. <laughs> So, um, I kind of just, and, and that's how I did my, my TV bracket we'll get to next week. Mm-hmm. Um, just a little bit of, loop of everything. Yeah. Um, so we'll go ahead and read down our list and the matchups. Just so you guys know, for, in complete fairness, we did not rank our brackets. We did random number generator next to each one, and it seeded them for us. So yes. <laughs> we have some very interesting matchups and some very tough matchups that we didn't expect. So Adam, yes. I'll let you go ahead and start with your, okay. your top eight. So my top eight uh, starts with... Braveheart, the Mel Gibson movie, versus Serenity, the Joss Whedon movie. And then it goes to Raiders of the Lost Ark, one of my favorite Steven Spielberg films, versus Ridley Scott's masterpiece, Alien. Um, Then The Last Samurai with Tom Cruise, versus Bruce Lee's Enter the Dragon. And then... One of the films that makes me tear up all the time, Man on Fire, versus one of the funniest films I've ever seen, Clue. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right. So we got to work it out for us debating these ones. And then uh, for my list, um, just, a, just a somewhat different, some, some, some interesting movies. So I have Dogma, which... Um, I reckon I mentioned it's kind of hard to find because some weird right issues with that. It's yeah. actually rare to find it on DVD, and if mm-hmm. you do, it's usually a hundred bucks. Yeah. Um, so I got Dogma going up against Star Trek: First Contact. I've got of Mice and Men, and I'm talking about the Gary Sinise, John Malkovich version. George the Rabbit. Yep. <laughs> going up against American History X. Um, so curb stomping versus killing mice. Um, <laughs> we've got what's something we mentioned last week Big Fish yes going up against Avengers Endgame and then finally Titan AE uh, critically flopping but I think it's a great movie versus Man of Steel another critical flop <laughs> I don't think it was a critical flop I loved it but... I think I mean it, it started the whole DCEU yeah it's I, just, I liked it a lot but I know some people had some issues yeah. with it 
but the ending, okay. I think, was the bigger issue for most yeah. people. Well, I actually, and we'll talk about it when we get to, to that one, but yeah. I, <laughs> I have some thoughts on that. Alrighty. Alright, so I think we'll go ahead and start, we'll just start one at a time, we'll start with your side of the bracket, we'll do Braveheart vs. Serenity before we move to my side. Yeah, so this is going to be a hard one, because uh, these are two, I think, very good films. One is a kind of science fiction, action, martial arts, western, in space. You get that from Serenity, but then... Oh, that's not Braveheart? Oh, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) Mel Gibson in space. That's one place we don't need him. (laughs) But then Braveheart is sort of the, like, epic biopic type thing where it's very grand, very dramatic, very big production. Um, And so, like, with Braveheart, the thing I've always loved about it is, like, I like the characters within it. Um, You have so many different, like, well-defined characters, not just Mel Gibson's um, William Wallace, but you have, like, Brendan Gleeson's character. You have the forget the Irish guy's character's name, but he, like, they're very well-defined. And uh, I really liked that. Um, And uh, even, like, uh, uh, Angus McFadden, I believe is his name, like, playing um, uh, Robert the Bruce. Um, He was excellent. I think this was one of the like one of the earlier films that I saw him in, um, and it's a kind of weird. He doesn't do a lot anymore. No, um, I'm pulling up his bio right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so Equilibrium, that's one I've seen of him in. I, I do like Equilibrium, even though um, not a lot of people do. <laughs> that was that was probably my first introduction to uh, Christian Bale, but uh, I really liked him in that. But uh, yeah, he oh. was he was in like Titus. He was in Titus. Yeah, that was a great movie. Yeah, Warriors of Virtue. <laughs> That's a deep cut. <laughs> saw three, saw four. Yeah, Red Line. <laughs> John, if you're listening, you drugged me to that movie. Let's <laughs> see, not a lot of TV credits. Yeah, Psy, Criminal Minds, Chuck, mm-hmm. Superman and Lois. Yeah, he's been in a ton of stuff and. Um, but yeah, he he brings a very like a very interesting like humility to Robert the Bruce, um, especially like spoilers like when he has to betray William Wallace. It was that was you see the the heartbreak, the like anguish in William Wallace's like entire being. Because it's like, yeah, Robert the Bruce was supposed to be the the king of Scotland yeah. and like kind of the hope, and so it it really hurt. Um, but um, but yeah, Brendan Gleeson who um, is doing really well with the, uh, his portrayal in uh, the Banshees of Inisherin. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, he always, got nominated on that one. Yeah, always just a delightful actor. Which is funny because he's actually Irish, and I think the guy who played the Irish guy in uh, in Braveheart, I think, is actually Scottish. So, but um, I 
I'd have to double check that, but um, but yeah, Brendan Gleeson's always been like a great, great actor. Like always in like he's in Troy, he's in Michael Harry Collins, Potter. Harry Potter. He played Mad Eye Moody. Um, like he's just been in all these great movies, um, and always kind of not the the lead. No, he's never really been lead, but he's a really until, good supporting actor. Yeah. But until like I think with. Uh, uh, in Bruges was one of the ones where it was like, yes, he's more the lead character, and then uh, yeah, Ban- uh, the Banshees of Inisherin is kind of the newest one. Um, but uh, yeah, Ooh, so he's gonna be in the second the Joker sequel. Oh, interesting. I wonder who he's gonna play. Yeah, they haven't announced yet, but that's gonna be actually pretty good. Yeah, that's the one with uh, Lady Gaga uh-huh. in it. Okay, and and Queen Phoenix obviously returned. Yeah. So it's it's the unaf- it's not a connected to the DC no. but it's a DC movie. I don't know anymore. <laughs> I mean, it's it's based off DC characters, but it's not a part of that universe. Kind of like Batman is. Yeah. So. We'll have to see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I mean, you've got a tough matchup here between Braveheart and Serenity. Yes. Um, you've got, like you said, sci-fi versus... Epic. Epic <laughs> historical drama. Yes. So, um, I guess, yeah, it's just hard because it's like, yeah, this is going to be difficult. And also, this is coming from uh, two directors that are kind of... Bit of a hot topic. Yeah, you got of... Joss Whedon versus Mel Gibson. <laughs> yes. Um, so I guess uh, maybe I'll jump into Serenity really quick. Yeah, of course. So Serenity um, is quite possibly like my f- one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, probably my favorite. Um, it blends comedy, action, drama, horror. Western yeah. martial arts. It it pretty much is a movie that has every single thing you want out of a movie in and, it. And it's also got a great cast. I mean, you yes. look at obviously Nathan Fillion. You've got Alan Tudyk. 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 Yeah. Um, you got Moreno Bakken. Um, Summer Glau. <laughs> Summer Glau. Adam Baldwin. Gina Torres. Uh, you got everyone in it, and then. Everywhere. Uh, Chiwetelo Ejiofor. Yeah, there we go. Playing the bad guy, he plays uh, the the operative. I think is his uh, title. They just call him the operative, and um, and this was actually my first uh, foray into the the universe of Firefly Serenity. I was part of the problem. I I didn't watch it on TV. I went over to a friend's house and he was like, oh, check out this movie. And I watched Serenity and I'm like, this is badass. I love it. (laughs) Um, And then I went out the next day and bought uh, the Firefly box set so I could watch the one season. So you're looking at... so. Both movies are about 10 years apart when they're made. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at box office gross. You're looking at uh, Braveheart, $213 million on a $70 million budget, which is, in 95, really good. Oh, yeah. Versus Serenity in 2005, which is a $39 million budget and a $40 million box office. Yeah. So it, it's that definitely would have been a, a red. 
Yeah, I would probably say like Serenity is definitely a little bit more of a niche. Oh yeah. Um, You'd have to watch the TV show to really wanted to see the movie. Yeah, well, I didn't watch the TV show. True. And I saw the movie and I was like, I love this. But you definitely get a lot more out of the film, um, like in terms of like understanding the characters, feeling things for yeah. the characters because it's a big. Uh, it's mostly it's it's an ensemble, mm-hmm. and um, so when you kind of see kind of where these characters have ended up, um, kind of after the show ended, um, it's kind of fun to see. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of like witty writing. I mean, Joss Whedon, you can't you can never like fault him on his. Yeah, on writing. I'm writing. Yeah, it's just his directing get to fall Well, apparently, just like, and I, this is all alleged. Apparently, he's just not the nicest guy to work with, which is sad because he, there, like, he seems like a, like he can write really well. He can direct when he wants to really well, but. I don't know. We weren't there on the set yeah. of Justice League. We don't know <laughs> anything that's going on. Um, but I, I will say it's like I have really liked a lot of uh, Joss's work throughout my life. And so that's been really awesome um, to me. So there's, yeah, there's Serenity. So it's kind of, like I said, it's it's the biggest mishmash of... <laughs> All genres. <laughs> Alright, well, so Adam, the, the the question is, what do you pick to move up? Oh, this is a kick to the nuts. Um, I, I mean, I think I know what you're going to go with. What do you think? I'm I gonna, think you're going to go with Braveheart. I kind of need to go with Braveheart. Yeah. It hurts to say, but it's... Braveheart was, I think, Mel Gibson's masterpiece it was perfect it, like it it's long but it's just so damn enjoyable and <laughs> like everything from the music to it just moves you is the big thing like you want to pick up a, a claymore and be like for scotland <laughs> <laughs> all so, right so, i'm gonna go with braveheart so we got braveheart moving on against uh in matchup versus serenity all so. right We'll go ahead and move into my side of the bracket. Yes. We're going to go Dogma versus Star Trek First Contact. So, oh, wow. I think just like you, we have a... Uh, <laughs> this is such a ridiculous one. It's such a it's such a matchup. It is. Um, you've got <laughs> a, a... I wouldn't say a parody, but you've got a, a film that basically makes fun of religion. It makes fun of Catholicism. It makes fun of. I don't know. It makes just, it, it's just a fun movie. You've got a huge cast. You've got Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, Selma Hayek, Jason Lee, Chris Rock, Alan Rickman, George Carlin. Yeah. Um, Alanis Morissette. Alanis Morissette plays, plays God. God. Uh, Janine Garofalo. <laughs> yes. Um, and this was. Uh, Written and directed by Kevin Smith, so yeah, for those Linda who don't know... Linda Florentino. We, we, she's the main character. Yes. We can't forget her. No, we can't. You're right. Um, and then it's written, uh, directed by Kevin Smith. Uh, so if you don't know a lot about Kevin Smith, 
He is the creative mind behind Jane Silent Bob, Clerks, Mallrats. Um, Mallrats, yeah. Um, Chasing he's a Amy. Huge, <laughs> yeah, he's a huge comic book sci-fi nerd. Mm-hmm. Um, loves to go to Comic-Cons and just absorb it all like we do. So it, it's such a... Such a interesting cast for such an interesting movie. Um, this is kind of the height of Ben Affleck and Matt Damon's like coming into the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Rock was huge at this time. Selma Hack is getting pretty big at that time. Linda Florentino, she's done a few things, but she's not um, as well regarded as an actress as others have been. Yeah, she she had a bigger career, I think, through through nineties yeah. and. Like early two thousands, and then kind of that was it. Stopped. She fell off. <laughs> um, this is really one of the biggest ones she did after. I mean, she for those of you who are sci fi nerds, her other big role that you probably saw her in was Men in Black. Yeah, she, she played the, the, uh, the lead in that one as well, the coroner yeah. lady in the first one. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> so you've got this. You've got you know it's it's about two fallen angels, Barnaby and Loki, who are trying to get back into heaven. Um, and if they got back into heaven, it would end the world. Yeah. They it's found like a loophole. Like yeah. some church has a thing where if you pass through the arch or whatever, yeah. you're forgiven of all your sin. And that's like a kind of a weird, like, yeah, breaks the rules of why they were <laughs> why <are> they <laughs> exiled. Banished? Yeah. And then, you know, and, and you've got Linda Florentino's character. She, um is the is the chosen one to stop mm-hmm. these two and she is told to go on this quest by I would say his second best role ever, Alan Rickman. Yeah. I mean it was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um and you've got her on her journey with Chris Rock is going along with her. Uh and then you have to pull in Soma Hayek, yeah. <laughs> well you have to pull in Jason Mewes and yeah, and, Jason, <laughs> and Kevin Smith. Yeah, you you got to have Jay and Silent Bob, Bob just along for along the ride. The ride. Um, so this is going up against Star Trek: First Contact. So when I was picking these movies, I had to do an internal bracket between this and Wrath of Khan for my Star Trek pick because Wrath of Khan is also, I think, a masterpiece in terms of Star Trek. Um, so this is the second Next Generation film. You've got. Patrick Stewart, yeah. Jonathan Frakes, the, the whole crew. You got some pretty decent named actors who've won Oscars. You got James Cromwell, Alfie Woodard, Alice Cridge. She never won an Oscar, but she played the Borg Queen mm-hmm. and was absolutely creepy as hell. Um, kind of almost like a little bit of a sci-fi horror movie in some aspects. Yeah. I thought the Borg were always kind of like the sci-fi zombies. Yeah, oh, very much <laughs> if so. If you will. Um, so this one's directed by Jonathan Frakes, who plays Ca- uh, Commander Riker. Um, it's really, you Can't know... figure out how to sit on a chair. Yeah. <laughs> I always loved how he would do the thing where just he goes put over his the back, leg yeah. over and just sit down. <laughs> yeah. You've got... I mean, you've got other big-name casts in this one, too. You've got um, Neil McDonough. Yes. Plays Lieutenant Hawk at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And you have a fun cameo... Oh, I can't think of his name right now. He is, uh... He, he plays a random... I'm going to think... I'm going to think about this. He plays a random red shirt piloting the Defiant in the first scene. Oh. Um, and he's a pretty big name actor now. Um, and they've got a couple cameos. Uh, Robert Picardo. Robert Picardo and Ethan <laughs> Phillips from Voyager make an appearance as well. 
Um, yeah, so it's 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 definitely I think the best of the Star Trek Next Gen films. Top two, the Star Trek films in general, in my opinion. Um, I know you have some issues because it kind of started making Picard into a little bit of an action hero. Yeah, it just... Sort of the the next generation movies didn't feel like... it. Like, so, one of my... One of my favorite web series, uh, the Red Letter Media stuff, mm-hmm. they, they've gone into depth on this, but they kind of say it's the story of almost two Picards. There's the Picard from the TV show who was very mild-mannered, very, like, well-spoken, was kind of used violence as, like, a the last resort. Yeah. Whereas in this, he's like screaming, I'm going to kill this Borg. I'm going to, they got to pay for what they did to me. And it's like, it's, it kind of, that's the part that kind of bugged me is it's, it's kind of, it didn't feel like the next gen cast. It felt like they were trying to make an action movie. (laughs) Whereas I felt like the movies of the, like, Star Trek, the original mm-hmm. generation, still felt very Star Trek-y to me. Okay, and felt like these characters were the same, but, uh-huh. yeah, that's just my personal opinion, but... No, 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 I, I, no, I, I think if you, I mean, I'm not sure how much the next gen you watched growing up. And, oh, I've watched it all. <laughs> yeah. You know, I can understand how they wanted to give Picard a little bit more trauma from being assimilated. And, and you, know, you see that more, especially if you watch Picard. You've got Next Gen Picard. You've got the movies Picard. And then you've got Picard, who's in his 90s. He's aged, and he's trying to figure out his legacy. And it's kind of nice to see the character growth of that. Mm-hmm. So I just was looking up while we were talking. The person who cameoed even before he was a big... Uh, movie star Adam Scott. Oh yeah, he was in <laughs> a brief cameo in First Contact. Yeah, and he was—he's uh, been in—he uh, was on uh, Parks and Rec and yeah, all there that. Go. There you go. Oh, he looks <laughs> so young. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you got Christian Slater was in Star Trek Six. There's yeah, another yeah. cameo for you. So, fun fact: before I just make my decision here. Did you realize? Did you know during the huge battle scene against the Borg Cube, the Millennium Falcon is in it? What? Yeah, ILM does most of the Star Trek movie mm-hmm. um, CG. Okay. So they snuck in a Millennium Falcon in the background flying against the Borg Cube. <laughs> Millennium Falcon would wreck a Borg Cube. <laughs> sure. Could you imagine a assimilated Chewbacca? <laughs> It'd be the scariest thing in the world. Probably. I'm going to have to go with First Contact, I think, just in terms of All right. what it means to me. Um, <laughs> and I guess that's that's the fair part, is yeah. it's what it means to you. Cause... <laughs> I mean, Dogma's great, but it's going to be hard for, I think, to move that up against that kind of movie. Had it gone against a couple different other ones in my bracket, it would have moved up. Yeah. But that's a tough one. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're going to move on to Raiders of the Lost Ark versus Alien. Yeah, so this is on my side. Um, so 
Uh, two of the big things I also tried to do was I tried to pick kind of my favorite films from certain directors as yeah. well. Like if I was trying to think, oh, I really like Ridley Scott. What's my favorite Ridley Scott film? What's my favorite Steven Spielberg film? Steven Spielberg was very difficult to narrow down. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ridley Scott was a little easier, so, um, but let's just start, like, so we're gonna start with Raiders of the Lost Ark, the thing that started it all with Indiana Jones. It's a film that my dad would put on while I was growing up, like, put it on for us as kids. I was never a big Disney kid well apparently now it's all disney um but i never watched a lot of the disney animated movies my dad would put on raiders of the lost ark he'd put on star wars that sort of thing so you have george lucas and steven spielberg um george in in a good place where he is writing not directing yes and steven spielberg being a masterful director that he is. Um, but this uh, kind of goes back to like the 1930s, like kind of serial adventure mm-hmm. um, kind of films. Um, but it embodies everything that like is a great adventure, like action adventure film. Um, and it was hard to kind of narrow it down between whether I pick... Raiders or The Last Crusade. Oh, you weren't going to pick Crystal Skull? Uh, no. And funny story, I should say. Uh, we'll do a little side note on that. But uh, so when I went to go see Crystal Skull in the movie theater, I was very disappointed, as most people kind of were. Yeah. But when I watched it again, knowing that it's not going to be like the 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 original trilogy yeah. I enjoyed it a lot more you have to go into it with suspending a little bit of disbelief yeah and I mean if you just are going in to have fun it's it was much better than I gave it like crap for yeah. if, if that makes sense I didn't want to like when I went in in the theater I was expecting the the universe to be like amazing and this is gonna be great (laughs) and then it turned out to not really meet my expectations um but when my expectations were already pretty low and i went in and watched it again i i had fun it was it wasn't a horrible experience but anyway but uh raiders of the lost ark um i think is the quintessential like action adventure film it uh stars harrison ford uh karen allen uh john reese davies you have such a great cast in um and amazing action yes it's a little over the top like each punch has that real like solid like each gunshot is really big bangs and stuff like that um but it kind of sweeps you up into this kind of almost romanticized yeah like adventure like you're you're going along with him and i mean like you can't 
I think Indiana Jones and Han Solo, um, <laughs> it's pretty much what every guy wants to be. Like, you want to be... You want to travel the world. You want to be a badass. You want to be intellectual. Like, as like Indiana is a professor of archaeology. Yeah. And you're also loved by all women. <laughs> so it's it's like the ideal male fantasy. Um and growing up, I always whenever people were like, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" and I'm like, "I want to be Indiana Jones or Han Solo." <laughs> you just want to be Harrison Ford. I just want to be Harrison Ford. <laughs> and we've gone into that before, but um it was just a real awesome story and Great villains. Um, you yeah, have Paul and, Freeman. Yeah, and the, you have it's just like yeah, it's Nazis. <laughs> yeah, it's Ronald Lacey. Um, um, yeah, he played uh, the Gestapo. Yeah, the Gestapo. Gestapo. Um, but yeah, it's. I think it's fantastic when you have just like things are things were a little simpler, mm-hmm. like where it's like oh yeah, you don't have to. You know who the bad guys are. You know who the hero is. You know who the... And I don't even want to use the term damsel in distress because uh, Karen Allen's uh, oh, Marion Ravenwood... In, in, in both this one and Christmas Cole, she's yeah, not damsel she's, in distress. She's not. She's she's a badass woman. All right. <laughs> she well, let's, move <laughs> let's move over to Alien. Okay, so Alien. This is, in my opinion, Ridley Scott's uh, best film... 1979 masterpiece. Um, I know a lot of people would uh, argue uh, Blade Aliens Runner. is better. Well, so I... <laughs> it's I think, their own. And, well, I'd have to say this. It's like Aliens is a action film. Mm-hmm. Um, Alien is, a horror movie. is more of a horror film. And they did a lot of stuff to kind of make it so, like, the design of the ship felt very claustrophobic. The mm-hmm. small amount of crew, um, everything felt like you were journeying into the unknown. Yeah. Um, and then you had, like, people like Tom Skerritt, who plays the captain of Dallas. Um, and uh, Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver, we'll get into that in a second. <laughs> but Tom Skerritt was kind of like... Uh, you're kind of leading man. Mm-hmm. And spoilers, he gets killed off pretty quickly. <laughs> I don't think you can spoil a movie from 1978. I know. But um, but then, yeah, you have Sigourney Weaver easily solidifying the fact that it's like, yes, you can have this amazing character who's a woman that is the most badass <laughs> person ever um you had like veronica cartwright who um had some of the best reactions to oh like especially when uh ian hole or i'm sorry john hurts uh when the chestburster scene apparently they didn't tell her how <laughs> violent it was gonna be oh, yeah. and so her reactions to all of that was was very genuine um and then, yeah, you have Ian Holm playing um, the android, the secret android. So it kind of, it was a nice thing where they brought in a bunch of 
horror from different kind of angles. So it was kind of like, oh yeah, you had this horror of this creature in deep space and they have nowhere to go. But then you also have the crew start, like a member of the crew start to turn on you. Yeah. Um, and it's like, yeah, you had uh, Yafet Koto um, being awesome. Henry <laughs> so, Dean Stanton. Yep. Henry Dean Ian Stanton. Ian Holm. Ian Holm. And, uh, and but, for those of you who don't know, it's Bilbo. Bil- yeah. Bil- the <laughs> the, the Bilbo. first Bilbo. <laughs> Although um, Martin Freeman was the great Bilbo, too. He, he was great as Bilbo, but um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, I think the big thing is it's sort of this, the fear of the unknown mm-hmm. and when you're in a situation where you don't know what's going on, because these characters are playing pretty much like truck drivers. Yeah. Like they're, they're just delivering like ore or something. Yeah. They're delivering cargo. Yeah. They're, they're not soldiers. They're not, they're just space truckers. And you get this whole scenario where they're, they have to pick up an alien creature or, investigate an alien planet and then they pick up an alien creature uh and it's all there's this corporation the wayland yutani corporation that's pretty much determined that they're all expendable and it just uh it was a really great um idea of kind of showing off like how terrifying space stuff could be and then um you have uh Who's the guy that did the um, uh, the creature who designed the? Oh, I know the actor. No, no the the guy who designed it. Um, oh, this is gonna kill me. We'll find out. Real yeah. Quick. <laughs> H.R. Giger. There you go. H.R. Giger designed the xenomorph creature, and it was very much. Unlike anything you had ever seen in cinema. And I think that also made it terrifying. So, Alright, so you've got Alien, 1979. A $11 million budget for a $184 million box office draw. Mm -hmm. And you went up against 1981's Raiders of the Lost Ark, $20 million budget. $389 $389 million budget. <laughs> kind of blows it out of the water. <laughs> but you Pretty have to also timeline. remember, though, the um, that Raiders, I believe, was PG-13? Or did they have the They didn't PG- have ratings at the time, I don't okay. believe. But it's like, I know Alien is a pretty hard R-rated yeah. <laughs> movie. So kids weren't going to go see um, Alien, but... They could go see Raiders of the Lost Ark. All right. So, Adam, the choice is Raiders or Alien that moves on? It has to be Raiders. All right. I just from, like I said, it's like my dad would put this on instead of Disney movies for me. And so I have a real personal like connection to it. So I... I have to go with Raiders. It's until you have to pick between Raiders and Braveheart next round. <sighs> God damn it! <laughs> God damn it! Uh, all right, so Raiders of the Lost Ark is moving on. Yes. All right, we're gonna switch over to the other side of the bracket now. We're gonna go of Mice and Men versus American History X. 
All right, that's going to be a tough one for me. We'll pull up their information real quick for us. So, American... We'll start off with Mice and Men. Um, if you've never read the book, it's, it's in my opinion, a John Steinbeck classic. And I'm a huge John Steinbeck fan. Um, he's written Grapes of Wrath, uh, obviously, of Mice and Men, East of Eden, just a couple of those big-name books that he's written. Of Mice and Men is actually a very short book. It's like yes. 100 pages. Yeah. Um, I, I know good, I have a copy somewhere up here in my bookshelf. I'm it's just kind a of good, forward. compact, like, story. It is. It It's well-written. It's, I wouldn't say fast-paced, but it it gives you the backstory on the characters. It gives you the plot moving forward and wraps it all up in 100 pages. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great play. And this wasn't a long movie either. It was less than two hours. Yeah. 100 minutes, 111 minutes. Um, it only made five and a half million in the box office, but that that's against that's not even the point. And this is the second time they've made it into a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one, I want to say, excuse me. Uh, I'll keep looking for it, but this is 1992 when this one came out. Yeah. Um. So it's set in a lot of John Steinbeck. Uh, Novels. I don't want to say movie because he doesn't make yeah. movies. Um, oh, the first movie came out in 1939. Oh, okay. So a lot of giant Stembeck novels are all centered around the Great Depression, which is mm-hmm. when he was writing these, he was actually living these events in terms of living the Depression. Yeah. Um, so it's Gary Sinise, John Malkovich. You have... Uh, I'm trying to think who played uh, the boss... Can't think of his name. Um, but, I mean, Gary Sinise, John Malkovich, huge actors today. Um, they were decent name stars at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Gary Sinise plays George, who is kind of like Lenny's brother. He looks after him. Lenny is um, mentally challenged. He is very tall, very strong. Um Really likes soft things, doesn't know the power of his own strength, and does accidentally kill rabbits and mice when he pets them too hard. Yes. Um, and so this is them traveling from other places in the country here to California to find a job. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't read it, I recommend reading it or watching this, but I'll give you a spoiler. Lenny is petting the hair of the ranch owner's wife. And she starts getting a little freaked out because he's a little hard and a little heavy-handed. And he doesn't want her to get loud because he'll get in trouble. And he actually snaps her neck. Mm-hmm. And in the most powerful scene, I think, in cinema, makes me tear up every time. Gary to... Um, not Gary, sorry. Uh, George, played by Gary Sinise, has to decide, do they keep running as they do every time Lenny messes up? Or does he kill... Lenny, and he he goes the route of killing Lenny. Um, just just a heavy hitting movie. Yeah. Um, we'll move over to my next movie, just as heavy hitting, American History X. Yes. So unlike your Raiders of the Lost Ark, this is modern Nazism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you've got another huge cast. 
Edward Norton, Edward Furlong, uh, Avery Brooks, Stacey Keach, Elliot Gould. Um, pretty big name cast, and surprisingly, only made $23 million in the box office. Yes. Um, it's a bit of a rough watch. I it will, is. But it's good. <laughs> it, it's a very rough watch, um, but it's... Obviously, it's it's not based on a true story, but it's based on current events that are going on in that time. You saw in that portion of California, Southern California. Yeah. Um, it kind of dealt with neo-Nazism and, you know, just showing how a teenager and people can get wrapped up in a cause and not really understand what the cause is mm-hmm. um, until, like, for Edward Norton's case, he goes to prison Meets a bunch of black people, hangs out with them, and realizes they're not bad. Yeah. <clears throat> and I was I was wrong to think about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's trying to get his brother out of the lifestyle. He's trying to get his girlfriend or sister out of the lifestyle. The and, cycle and, keeps repeating itself. Yeah. <laughs> the cycle of hate. Another, and another hard-hitting ending. If you haven't seen it, watch it. Um... Edward Norton thinks he finally got to his brother, and this whole movie takes place over a case of one night, mm-hmm. um, with a lot of Flash flashbacks and, yeah. and telling the story, and him telling the story of how he changed to his brother, and he's trying to get his brother out of that life, and his brother goes to school to turn in a paper to um, the principal, played by Avery Brooks, and gets jumped by a black guy in the bathroom and killed at the urinal. Mm-hmm. It's... It's another one of those heavy-hitting, hard-to-watch good movies. Yeah. So I've got my work cut out for me. I... I think I know what you're going for. I'm going to go with Mice and Men. That's what I was yeah. thinking. <laughs> I, I really like American History X, but I think of Mice and Men, I think, is more a seminal classic. And I got a soft spark for that one. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> All right, so we're in the last half of our brackets. Adam, this is another tough one for you. Okay. We're going to bring up The Last Samurai versus Enter the Dragon. Yeah, so again, these were kind of randomly put together. (laughs) Um, Last Samurai, um, Tom Cruise um, plays Nathaniel Algren, who um, is a kind of a, I don't want to say disgraced, Civil War um, soldier, but he's like an alcoholic. He, I think he fought at like the battle or, or like massacred a bunch of uh, Native Americans um, on orders. And so that was really rough on him, turned him into an alcoholic. Um, he gets offered um, to go to Japan to help train um the japanese military and modern combat mm-hmm. tactics um he goes he struggling with his alcoholism he then gets captured in a real botched um attack on these group of traditional samurai um and uh they spare him for some reason they see like the pain that he's going through and he starts to fall in love with their way of life and fall in love with the culture and learn to become like them 
um, all the while uh, the modern Japanese military is trying to take out the rebellion yeah take out this rebellious group so um, real real great film oh yeah um, it's like a great movie you have, yeah Tom Cruise Timothy Spall um, Ken Watanabe Ken Watanabe like you can't get much better than that and no then, this is um, his big american debut yeah and then um uh but yeah it was just a it's a real like punch to the stomach like kind of film where you kind of like it's it's that sort of epic like brave heart yep. um but uh because i i did martial arts i really appreciated the the beauty that they showed in kind of the Japanese culture and how like everything was done with like precision, preciseness. And then you kind of see this old way going up against this new, like the new modern era and yeah, how it's, like you can't, it's the modernizing of the world. Exactly. And you can't stop it. Yep. Um, so that it's, tragic in that sense um but yeah edward zwick directed this mm-hmm. one um he did movies like blood diamond um so if uh if you're a fan of samurais and yeah and written by john uh, logan so for those of you who don't know he's done a lot of pretty good name films he oh, yeah. did uh the aviator hugo uh for james bond he did skyfall inspector um big name writer for yes. film and he doesn't his movies are great yeah he's he's a great writer um so yeah um definitely worth a check out but uh and then uh i guess the next film on the bracket is enter the dragon uh starring bruce lee jim kelly john saxon um jackie chan yeah jackie chan is uh in it as, as a cameo a, as, well, before he was big. Yeah, he was uh, just pretty much doing stunts in it. But it's pretty much... Uh, it's probably the best personification of Bruce Lee for American audiences. Oh, yeah. It um, was the... When you think of American kung fu movies, you think yeah. of this. Yeah, this was produced by Warner Brothers. Um, and, yeah, shot in English. Um, pretty much... Uh, so, like, Bruce Lee is this martial arts teacher finds out like his sister was killed um while she was doing this operation to infiltrate uh this uh evil man drug trafficking drug trafficking yeah. yeah and so she gets killed um and so it this guy the evil guy has this tournament um where he invites martial artists from all around the world to um, come and fight, and whoever wins, I don't know what the hell they get, but they get to know that they're the best. But, um, but also, so the the CIA kind of also hires Bruce Lee's character to um, finish what his sister was trying to do. Yeah. Um, to infiltrate and like find out more information. So. Some of the best fight scenes I've ever seen. Um, I mean, iconic. The whole mirror room fight is super iconic. And you see that in, like, John Wick 2 and that sort of thing. So, um, 
Yeah, and it made four hundred million on an eight hundred thousand dollar budget. Yeah, well, it just goes to show you, and that's like that is old old money. Yeah, but um, it's it just goes to show you that like yeah, you can have this amazing character and i almost die in my chair (laughs) (laughs) i was like why is it leaning backwards and it just yeah and especially during this time like where racism was still pretty prevalent having a bruce lee who's chinese leading this movie and then you have jim kelly um who's black who was very famous for doing a lot of the black exploitation movies Mm -hmm. leading the film as well you it was amazing to see how many barriers it broke down um so yeah it was great <laughs> all right so i think i know where you're going it's enter the dragon oh, okay, okay. <laughs> i didn't think it was enter the dragon i really? thought you were going last samurai no it's gotta be enter because the i dragon. remember when last samurai came out when we were in high school and you were obsessed yes but i have to say like enter the dragon like if I look at it from, like, what has influenced me the most... Makes sense. Enter the Dragon. Like, you can't... You can't beat Bruce Lee. Sorry, Tom Cruise. That's okay. I think he'll understand. Probably not. <laughs> but, I mean, Tom Cruise doesn't listen to us either. Yeah, probably not. So, we're going to move on to the last... One of the last ones on my side. Uh, <laughs> we've got Avengers Endgame and Big Fish. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another one of random <laughs> matchup. Yep. Um, so we talked a lot about Big Fish last week, so I'll just mm-hmm. kind of give a few wrap-ups on it, because you guys can listen last week to hear us talk about it. Tim Burton directed one of his, I think his, I think, second best movie behind, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. He didn't direct Nightmare Before Christmas. Did he not? Okay, nope. then this is his best directed movie, in my opinion. <laughs> we just moved it up the rankings. <laughs> Huge cast. He, he, he definitely wrote and produced and had a lot of hands in making yeah, it. But okay. um, the guy who did uh, James and the Giant Peach and Coraline, oh, okay. yeah. he's the one that directed it. I think because he had more experience stop, with the stop, stop motion. motion. Yeah, but uh, but so no. you, sorry. Yeah, Continue. you're good. <laughs> so you've got Ian McGregor, Albert Finney, Billy Cudrub. Helena uh, Bonham Carter, Jessica you've got Lang. Jessica, Missy Pyle, Steve Buscemi, Danny DeVito, Deep Roy, Mighty Cyrus. I'm just saying this is now. <laughs> Where is that? Oh God, she played Ruthie. At- yeah, the little girl. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, did not expect that. Yeah, did not notice, <laughs> but oh well. <laughs> so I mean, it's it's such a fun movie, and it's got a lot of. Tim Burton style in it with the way the story's told and in the imagery, but brighter. But brighter. I mean, it, that the only time you really have that darkness is when he's walking through the forest. Correct. And he meets um, the giant Carl. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's such a fun movie because the stories are so outlandish and so over the top. And when you finally see uh, Albert Finney, who plays uh, Edward, as his and Ewan McGregor, he plays the younger version. Yeah. When he dies and they go to the funeral and you see there's some truth to everything he told. Yeah. Um, great soundtrack. Uh, Ewan McGregor is fantastic in this. Um, and this is between his Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. Um, 
It made $123 million on a $70 million budget. Came out in 2003. I, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, it's it's a good one. We recommended it <laughs> yeah, previously, so check it out. Um, and it's going up against the second highest gruesome movie of all time, Avengers Endgame. Yes. And so the only reason I picked this movie is because we've been talking a lot about Marvel, and this is kind of the pop culture culmination for Mm -hmm. a lot of geeks. We had ten years of Marvel movies leading up to this. Um, It is amazing. Yeah, I thought it was was the perfect blending of ten years of movies. Like bringing everything together and kind of finishing some stories. Yeah, you Um, had it. Kind of come full circle for... Yeah, for, full circle would yeah. be a better way you, to put you it. You ended the story of Captain America... Current Cap... Or that Captain America. Mm-hmm. You ended the story of Iron Man. Um, you ended the story of Black Widow, but we had to get the Black Widow movie afterwards. Eh, um, it wasn't bad. <laughs> no, it wasn't, wasn't great, bad. but Just it wasn't bad. was not needed. <laughs> yeah. Um, huge cast. I mean, obviously with all any of these Marvel movies, especially the Avenger movies. Got, we all know who they are. Yeah, we all know who they are. We're not going to go into it, deep into it. Um, I just want to say, like, I think Josh Brolin did a great job as Thanos, even though he actually preferred being Cable in Deadpool than he did Thanos. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I do really appreciate the fact that uh, Josh Brolin brought a lot of kind of a humanity oh, yeah. to you make Thanos, especially like, in Infinity War, you really yeah, felt the character a little bit. Exactly. You kind of. I think those are the best villains when you actually are kind of like, oh, I feel for this horrible, horrible person. <laughs> All right. So this is from 2019, a 400 million dollar budget and made 2.79 billion. Yep. With so, a B. <laughs> with a B. <laughs> Second highest gross movie behind Avatar. Yes. I liked it better than Avatar. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, so, I'm going to go Big Fish on this one. Okay. Interesting. Just because of how much I really enjoy Avengers is a great movie, and I watch it a lot, and it's one of those ones I can have in the background and enjoy, but I think Big Fish impacted me more as a, as a movie goer. It's more artistic, yeah. I would say. Like, And I don't want to say, like, pull the Martin Scorsese saying that the Marvel films are not cinema- like he's been doing, but I'm like, I think there there's more of an artistic value to Big Fish. Yeah, it it was made with a a lot of heart, <laughs> and it's a smaller story. <laughs> I mean, if we were saying like the MCU versus something, yeah, we we could talk differently. But I I I agree. <laughs> I can I can get behind that. All right. So Adam, we're moving on to your last. Part of the bracket. Yes. So Man on Fire versus Clue. This is going to be really flipping tough. Um, so let's just start with uh, Man on Fire. Um, Tony Scott, um, rest in peace. Um, Ridley Scott's yeah. brother. Um, he, he has made such amazing films throughout the years and so i hope that we all just can remember him for that and his unfortunate suicide was 
really heartbreaking for me. Um, but Man on Fire came out in 2004, also when we were in high school. I remember going to see it <laughs> with my friend John. <laughs> um, and uh, it's about, uh, you have a great cast of uh, Denzel Washington, Dakota Fanning, Christopher Walken. Um, it, Mickey uh, Rourke. Mickey Rourke is in it. Mark Anthony yep. is in it. Um, and it's a story about a uh, ex kind of special ops guy who's dealing with a lot of post-traumatic stress. He's an alcoholic. He gets a job as a bodyguard um, protecting Dakota Fanning's character in um, Mexico City. Um, and she teaches him throughout the movie kind of how to help to live yeah. again and heals him. And then she gets kidnapped. And he gets blamed for the kidnapping. But, oh, god damn. He goes... <laughs> oh, he does. Like, he goes on... There's a reason like, why it's called Man on Fire. A scorched earth revenge. <laughs> and, and so, it's... Uh, I, I'm a sucker for these movies, like The Taken and all that. Like, But it's sort of like, you're like, he is going to kill everyone to get to where he needs to be um and uh yeah so he kind of it it's just a beautiful story about him being this broken person and learning how he can live again love again be who he used to be and then that which helped him to do that was taken away from him and it's just he has nothing left to lose and then you find out like so they they originally say like dakota fanning's character was uh kidnapped and killed um which you find out towards the end that she's actually alive and so he trades his life for her um but it's just a beautiful beautifully shot film it has that kind of film grain to it it's mexico city which is just a gorgeous place and uh it just it's one movie that at the end it's like i i can't help but tear up because it's just such a beautiful like heart especially especially at the end when he when they're doing the trade on the overpass and he goes to dakota fanning and gives her that big hug and tells her he loves her and yeah. going home, going home, and then she blew goes. by you, <laughs> Linda Rodstad. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it was. It's one of those films that I, oh, it, it gets me every time. And now we're going into the completely <laughs> different direction. We're going into Clue. <laughs> um, and 1985. 1985. You have Tim Curry. In and Madeline Kahn, Christopher Lloyd, Martin Mull, Ma- Martin Mull. <laughs> you have all all these people, and it's based off the board game Clue. Yep. Um, and uh, it's just uh, who done it? Who done it? But with hilarious. Oh yeah. <laughs> results. More, very very more comedic. Yes, and um, I think everyone. I, I think this is one of the funniest films ever made. Um, and it had uh, multiple endings. So, yes. Um, you could kind of 
they were like, oh, this is how it yeah. might have happened. Wasn't this it, is if I recall, wasn't it in different theaters you got different endings? Initially, yeah. And then I think they just put them all on there at one point. Because I think uh, the, how it really happened was supposed to be the whatever, the that one. But um, it's a excellent ensemble comedy. Um, everyone has such great... Uh, um, Great acting, great characters, um, great writing, um, and like if you think about it from like an if you like we want to talk about like an acting thing, it's like kind of the beats and the pace of everything. Yeah. Like everything was go go go, go. <laughs> um, and then when it needed to pull back, it did. But um, so yeah, definitely uh, one of my favorites. It's. Uh, the classic Who Done It. We've all played Clues, so you know there's Who Did It. <laughs> who Did It? Yeah. In what room with what weapon? That sort of thing. And so I don't want to spoil anything if people haven't seen it, but um, definitely, uh, definitely a great film. All right. So Adam, who moves on? Oh God! I think I already know where you're going. Where do you think I'm going? I think you're going Man on Fire. I am going Man on Fire. <laughs> This was the worst matchup. <laughs> really, I thought your last Samurai Into the Dragon would have been your worst matchup. Oh no! Like I, I, I kind of knew like well, with Last Samurai. I'm like, well, I, I do really like it, but Enter the Dragon was more seminal for me. Okay, uh, but <laughs> it was that's hard because Clue is amazing. <laughs> so we're moving on to the last matchup before we just start slotting them over. Who beats who? Hmm. We've got Titan EE. Versus Man of Steel. So, Titan A.E. is... I mean, for me, it's a cult classic. It was not well-regarded in theaters. It had a $90 million budget for an animated film. And only brought in $36 million. Well, and didn't it... Wasn't it, like, one of the first ones to try and do, like, the CG... Yeah. Animated, like... Animated blend. blend them. Um, huge cast. You've got Matt Damon, Bill Pullman, John Leguizamo, Nathan Lane... Uh, Drew Barrymore, Gene Garofalo, Ron Perlman. Tone Loke. Tone Loke, yep. Uh, Let's do it. <laughs> Jim Cummings. <laughs> huge, huge cast. Yes. Um, very short movie. It was 90 minutes. It's, it's a lot of fun because it's just this animated adventure of uh, the Earth's been destroyed... Humanity's spread out to the, throughout the galaxy. They're kind of considered the scum and trash of the galaxy yeah. as refugees. And Matt Damon's character, Kale, has a ring on his hand that will attach the map to show him to where to find the Titan, which is a spaceship that has, like, all the seed samples and DNA samples. Yeah, of, like pretty much a world generator. Yeah. <laughs> and you've got your big bad in the, um, the Teth, they're the, um... They're the, the bad guys. They're kind of yeah. Borg almost. Yeah, they have pure energy. Or not to, not to death, sorry, the dredge. The dredge? Yeah. Um, they're, they're your bad guys. They're your big bad guy. Bill Pullman is great as this kind of swashbuckling captain of the ship, the mm-hmm. Valkyrie, which I, I still think is one of the coolest spaceships uh, for for a sci-fi film. John Leguizamo was a lot of fun because one thing John Leguizamo does well is he is a great voice actor because he would watch the movie and he plays this little turtle nerd guy with a high-pitched voice and you don't even think it's John Leguizamo. Yeah. 
So you're going up against Man of Steel. <laughs> From 2013, this is the movie that kind of jump-started the DCEU. The Zack Snyder... Zack Snyder directed, uh, $200 million budget, brought in almost $670 million. Yeah. So, decent f- film. Yeah. Um, in terms of that, he, you've got Henry Cavill, Adam's man crush, Amy Adams, Michael Shannon... Kevin uh, Costner. Kevin Costner, Diane Lane, Lawrence Fishburne, Christopher Bellioni, Russell Crowe. Mm-hmm. A huge cast. And so, for me, I really like this one. Um, it was great compared to Superman Returns. Um, it was a great direction for, for I think, the story of Superman. You, you got a lot more of him on his world adventure, trying to discover himself. Um, he doesn't really know he's Kryptonian. All he knows is he has these powers. Mm-hmm. Um, his father's played by Russell Crowe. I think that was a great choice um, for for his Kryptonian father. I think who they selected to play his Earth parents, uh, Kevin Costner was, I think, outstanding casting choice. I love Kevin Costner. <laughs> and even to this day, watching that death scene where the tornado takes him, it yep. it hits you. Yeah, it does. I always th- uh, the one thing I always thought with this film is it was it was like if Superman existed in the Christopher Nolan Dark Knight oh yeah universe, like if. If you were kind of trying to connect the two, this felt... Well, and Christopher Nolan had a hand in writing the story. <laughs> yes. And so it felt like, oh, this is... It feels like it connects. Yeah. And then they go off the rails a bit, but... <laughs> a little bit. I mean, I think had they stuck with Henry Cavill and made a Band of Steel 2, I think it would have been great. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Henry Cavill was a great choice to play Superman. Oh, yeah. He's got that... Even though he's not American, he's got that all-American face, that charm. Yeah, he looks like the perfect kind of yeah. whatever Superman's supposed to be, your Jesus character. Yeah. And so I know a lot of people are totally against the way the film ended and how Superman snaps Zod's necks. I'm actually not opposed to that. That wasn't my problem with it. It was more like... The amount of destruction, it just, everything just became so, like, noisy, and, yeah. like, it was just too much. And so that that was my only issue with it. It's like, the ending just became way too much for me. Okay, okay fair enough. So, oh, i got to pick which one to move on. I mean, Tiny E has a... Has a good soft spot in my heart, and I think we should definitely do an episode later. But Man of Steel is moving on just because of my love for Superman. All right. So that rounds up the first round of our bracket. This will go a lot quicker now because we don't have to talk about each one in depth. Mm-hmm. Adam, you've got Braveheart versus Raiders of the Lost Ark. If you had to pick one movie to watch, what would you watch? Raiders of the Lost Ark. All right. And why, why do you think you're going to pick that over it, It's part? classic, childhood, you know, all, all the things I said before. Okay. <laughs> it just, I mean, it just hits me, like, right in the childhood. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. 
That's gonna be that's a tough choice. Yeah. What about you? So your next one is Star Trek First Contact versus Of Mice and Men. I God, that's a tough rap. that's a tough match. I'm gonna move Star Trek First Contact up just really because I think <laughs> with the voters vote <laughs> I'm not that it's gonna move on to the finals. But it has a better chance against of mice than against mice. Okay, <laughs> that's my own thought process. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being a little strategic at this point. All right, so Adam, your next matchup is Enter the Dragon versus Man on Fire. It's oh, gonna be hard, but I think I gotta go with Man on Fire. Okay, it just for like I said, it's still a movie that. I can watch to this day, and it makes me tear up, and it moves me. Um, not that Enter the Dragon doesn't, but it it's just it okay. doesn't for me. <laughs> All right, so we got for you, Big Fish, Big Fish, Man of Steel. Oh. I know. I said just a few minutes ago that Man of Steel. I mean, Superman had a big place in my heart because of my. DC fandom and and all that, but I think Big Fish is a better movie. Okay, um, kind of the same way we said Avengers, uh, it against Avengers. It's just more artistic. Okay, all right. So Adam, you get to pick who moves on to your to your final pick: Raiders or Man on Fire? It's got to be Raiders. Okay. Just. Like I said, just all the all the reasons before, but yeah, it that hurts. But <laughs> <laughs> I guess you have to do what you gotta do. All right, and so I've got Star Trek: First Contact versus Big Fish. I know Adam thinks I'm going to pick First Contact. I am not. You're going to pick. Big I'm going to go Big Fish. Okay. I just think, like I said, artistically, it's it's way to get slaughtered. <laughs> That's what you think. <laughs> no, I think Big Fish is just artistically just it means more. Okay. Um, and the soundtrack, the story, um, the father son reconciliation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just I think it just hits me in the feels a lot more than First Contact did. Okay. All right. So, folks, I know this is a little longer of an episode, and that's fine. It was kind of what we planned on, but. Now it's up to you. You've got a, the entire month of March from when this episode drops and you're listening to it till April 1st to vote. You need to vote on Facebook, Instagram, uh, tweet, uh, which, whichever one you prefer, Razor yeah. Lost, Hark, or Big Fish. Uh, on Discord, we'll have a chat going. So join in the chat on Discord at Geek Drink Pod. Tell us which one you prefer, Razor mm-hmm. Lost, Hark, or Big Fish. Yes. Um, or you can tell us how we completely messed up our bracket and yeah. we are completely wrong. And I'll have a link to a Google Doc for everyone to see the bracket, how we kind of got to where we got in case you didn't listen to the whole episode. Um, and on TikTok, we're going to have a video for each one. So the video that gets the most views, it counts as one of the votes. There you go. All right, folks. So we're not going to do Geek Wreck this week. Yeah, we're not going to do yeah a hot take because we have a lot of hot takes right here. Yes. But, uh, yeah, so go vote uh, and follow us on our social media platforms at Geek Drink Pod. There you can find 
all of our other episodes from Avatar The Last Airbender and Obi-Wan Kenobi all the way to Baby Driver. Yes. So follow along, listen, go vote. Go vote for Big Fish or Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes. All right, folks, that does it for this week and the first week of our Match Madness bracket. You guys have a great geek week. Yep. Take it easy. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Have a Drink with Some Geeks podcast. Tune in next week to see what our geeky host will discuss next week. Goodbye.